Welcome back, everybody. It's Eric reading through the Bible. Uh, Newton, Kansas, number two Bible reading podcast for the first year. I'm Eric. I'm your host. I'm just kidding. Uh, Chip is currently unavailable, but we are on a tight schedule today. So, and I just mean currently unavailable. Something came up just now. So he is running off to take care of that. That's what happens when you're a pastor. So sometimes things kind of spring up on us, but it's all good. So today is day 298, and we are going to read Luke 17, 11 through 19, 27. And I'm sure Chip is on his way back, so I'm going to go ahead and start reading. I do want to welcome anyone who's joining us just for the New Testament. We've been in the New Testament for about a week and I'm super excited. I know Chip is as well, and Allison is as well, and our whole community of listeners. We are so excited if you're joining us for the New Testament. Thank you so, so much for being part of uh, this community and for putting a priority on God's word in your life. So I'm going to go ahead and start reading, and I'm sure Chip will be here to jump in in a second. As Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. As he entered a village, ten men with leprosy stood at a distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus, shouting, Praise God! He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Didn't I heal ten men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. One day, the Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? Jesus replied, the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. Then he said to the disciples, the time is coming when you will long to see the day when the Son of Man returns, but you won't see it. People will tell you, look, there's the Son of Man, or here he is, but don't go out and follow them. For as the lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one end to the other, so it will be on the day when the Son of Man comes. But first, the Son of Man must suffer terribly and be rejected by this generation. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. In those days, the people enjoyed banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time Noah entered his boat and the flood came and destroyed them all. And the world will be as it was in the days of Lot. People went about their daily business, eating and drinking, buying and selling, farming and building, until the morning Lot left Sodom. Then fire and burning sulfur rained down from heaven and destroyed them all. Yes, it will be business as usual, right up to the day when the Son of Man is revealed. On that day, a person out on the deck of a roof must not go down into the house to pack. A person out in the field must not return home. Remember what happened to Lot's wife. If you cling to your life, you will lose it. And if you let your life go, you will save it. That night, two people will be asleep in one bed. One will be taken, the other left. Two women will be grinding flour together at the mill. One will be taken, the other left. Where will this happen, Lord? The disciples asked. Jesus replied, Just as the gathering of vultures shows there is a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, and he said, who, who neither feared God nor cared about a people. Um, a widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people, but this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice, because she's wearing me out with her constant request. Then the Lord said, 
Learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think that God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will you keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly. But when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Then Jesus told this story to someone who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee, and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I am not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector. I fast twice a week, and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh, God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this sinner, not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. One day some parents brought their little children to Jesus so he could touch and bless them. But when the disciples saw this, they scolded the parents for bothering him. Then Jesus called for the children, and he said to the disciples, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. I tell you the truth, anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. Once, a religious leader asked Jesus this question, Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I've obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, There's still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw this, he said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, Then who in the world can be saved? He replied, What is impossible for people is possible with God. Peter said, We've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, And I assure you that everyone who has hung up who has given up his house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in his life and will have eternal life in the world to come. Taking the 12 disciples aside, Jesus said, Listen, we're going up to Jerusalem, where all the predictions of the prophets concerning the Son of Man will come true. He will be handed over to the Romans, and he will be mocked, treated shamefully, and spit upon. They will flog him with a whip and kill him, but on the third day he will rise again. But they didn't understand any of this. The significance of his words was hidden from them, and they failed to grasp what he was talking about. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind beggar was sitting beside the road. When he heard the noise of a crowd going past, he asked what was happening. They told him that Jesus the Nazarene was going by. So he began shouting, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Be quiet, the people in front, of, in front yelled at him. But he only shouted louder, son of David, have mercy on me. When Jesus heard him, he stopped and ordered that the man be brought to him. As the man came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, he said, I want to see. And Jesus said, All right, receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. Instantly the man could see, and he followed Jesus, praising God. And all who saw it praised God too. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region, and he had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowds. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, and he called him by name, Zacchaeus, he said. 
Quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy, but the people were displeased. He had gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and he said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord. And if I've cheated people on their taxes, I'll give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. The crowd was listening to everything Jesus said, and because he was nearing Jerusalem, he told them a story to correct the impression that the kingdom of God would begin right away. He said, A nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants and divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, Invest this for me while I am gone. But his people hated him and sent a delegation after him to say, We do not want him to be our king. After he was crowned king, he returned and called in the servants to whom he had given the money. He wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant replied, Master, I invested your money and made ten times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you, so you will be the governor of ten cities as your reward. The next servant reported, Master, I invested your money and made five times the original amount. Well done, the king said. You will be the governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of, of money and said, Master, I hid your money and kept it safe. I was afraid because you are a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. You, your own words condemn you. If you knew that I'm a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then, turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has ten pounds. But master, they replied, he already has ten pounds. Yes, the king replied, and to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. And as for these enemies of mine who didn't want me to be their king, bring them in and execute them right here in front of me. And, and that, that is our reading today. today. Okay. That is our reading today, and we read it. Thank you, Chip, for joining us. I apologize on your behalf. Oh, thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, it's good to be here. It's like I never left. Yeah. It felt, it felt, there was a void. There was a definite void. Like, I told them what day it was and what we were reading. It didn't feel right. No, that's definitely not right. Yeah. But thanks anyway, for doing that, Eric. I appreciate it. But we did read it with two questions in mind. <laughs> we did. Yeah. What's yeah. this tell us about God? Yeah. What's this tell us about ourselves? Uh-huh. So, Chip, mm-hmm. what's this mm-hmm. tell us Okay. about Yeah. God. Thanks, Eric. Great, great question. Thanks, everybody, for having me today. <laughs> That's a challenge we have with, with doing this. We still have things that go on. And yeah. So, but here we are. Still semi-ordinary pastors. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, so God says a lot. You know, we're, uh, the Gospels, you know, a lot of amazing things here. And I think a lot of it that we're reading in the beginning, as I said yesterday, falls under discipleship. I'll, I'll say this today. This is one of those things is that God loves the lost Mm-hmm. He loves the sinner that's separated from him because of their sin. You know, we see that, you know, with, with here, with Zacchaeus, just I love the story of Zacchaeus, yeah, this true. notorious sinner. And we see Jesus hanging out with notorious sinners all throughout the Gospels. And those religious, self-righteous people don't like it. And and here's the thing. So God loves the lost. And here's the thing. You were once lost. Amen. But now you are found. Yep. But we can easily forget what being lost looks like. Uh-huh. And I think, you know, even in a church like ours, I love our church. Mm-hmm. It's an amazing church. Amen. But I, I I, just think that we're so close. I know we're sending out a church, and that's great, and that's amazing, that's awesome. But it's just so easy for those of us that are here 
you know, you know, you guys, uh, Harvest Church, you guys are going to be, I kind of envy you in a way, you know, because you're hungry to reach the lost. But here it's like, okay, what about us and what's going on with us? And I just think that, you know, there's a danger here that even those who've been in church for a while, just to get comfortable with us, mm. and we always have to be looking for the lost in our personal life or lost in our community can't take our eyes off the lost why because jesus was all about the lost and god loves the lost and we were once lost yeah and we were found and, and we have people to find so we must never never lose sight of the lost and, and get comfortable with just mm-hmm. us and that can happen all the time and you oh, know easily. and yeah. i just think even now you know um, you know, as a pastor, I just like, okay, we just got to keep ramping this up. We got to just keep talking about it. We, we, and that's part of be, being a disciple. Making disciples is teaching them how to see the lost, love the lost, reach the lost, and continually have that before them. And so that's the lesson today, I think, is that God loves the lost and that, that we need to also love them and look for them and go find them and reach them because they're up in a sycamore tree. And they want to be seen, and they need to be seen. And God sees them. We need to see them, and we need to go to their house today so salvation can come to them just like it came to us. Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, you know, I agree with you about this whole, like, seeking the lost thing, except, you know, at, even at Harvest Church, it's very easy because we could, mm-hmm. I mean, like, we're new, we're fun, we're exciting. You know, Hannah's awesome at worship, and it's like, we could very easily build a a large church of just Christians, you know, reshuffling from churches, you know, and then it's like, cool, we've got a big church, Mm -hmm. you know, for a town of 3,500, we got this big church and, you know, the lost will find their way here, you know, so it'd be just as easy for us to fall into that. I mean, the one thing is we don't have to change anything, Mm -hmm. you know, like we just have that vision, but yeah, Um, man, I love, it's, it is probably my absolute favorite parable this one about this very last thing that we read about the the master who leaves and then comes back Mm -hmm. um we miss it we miss it and i'll tell you why we miss what happens in this parable because many of us grew up reading or hearing this from the king james and new king james where he doesn't say um money he says talents and so we we have this english word talent which was a name of money it was a, it was a denomination of money hmm. um but so many people say well god wants us to use our talents he wants us to use our talents but what the money is the treasure that these people are entrusted with is the gospel and so when jesus ascended to heaven because remember he says is the kingdom of god going to happen right away no let me tell you this story actually um so when jesus ascended to heaven he Mm -hmm. left us the good news that he came to save all people and so he left that good news with chip he left that good news with me and each Mm -hmm. one of you Mm -hmm. and now at the end of all things he will come home and there is this judgment you know not towards punishment but toward reward there's this judgment where he's going to say what did you do with that treasure i left you remember i gave you the gospel and so some people will be able to say well i multiplied it 10 times over Hmm. and he's going to say that's amazing some people are going to say i multiplied it five times over and he's going to say that's amazing and then some people are going to say i hid it Hmm. so the question is (laughs) so the question is are you hiding it Mm -hmm. are you hiding the gospel do the people around you know nothing of who you really are a follower of jesus a child of god chip said it Mm -hmm. you were lost i was lost i was super lost Mm -hmm. (laughs) and now i'm found Hmm. and how do you think jesus this king is going to respond when he comes back and you say well you know i 
I, I trusted Chip and Eric and my pastor and this really holy person. I know I trusted them to go out and multiply your wealth for you. And I didn't do anything with it. I hid it because I was, I was too scared, mm. you know? And then it's like, oh boy. So if that doesn't get your mm. kind of your fire burning about the lost, I man, I don't does. know what will, because those are the words of Jesus. And yeah. he, man, I love that mm. parable. So what's to say about us? We are capable mm -hmm. of multiplying the gospel mm -hmm. 10 times over mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. hiding it and doing nothing. That's what this tells us about us. We can, yeah. 10 times over. Yeah, 10 times over. 10 times over. Yeah. That means you could lead mm -hmm. 10 times the people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to lead people to Jesus. Mm -hmm. They're going to lead people to yeah. Jesus. And you've got this awesome downstream of like countless people mm -hmm. that will be in heaven because mm -hmm. you didn't hide the gospel. Yeah. You should get good. excited about that. Yeah, I'm very excited. Yeah, I didn't mean you. Pretty pumped but, yeah. up. Okay. <laughs> I know oh. you're excited. Yeah, I'm very He's excited. excited. She's excited. They're excited. They are. Chip, okay. why don't you uh, why don't you tell the people something they don't know? You like that? Right on the spot. Put yeah. you right on the spot. I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty an open book. No, I don't mean just about you. Just oh, in general, like sure? something that they don't know. that they don't know. Yeah, I have no idea what they don't know. Well, you got to <laughs> tell them, man. I don't know. Oh. If they, it, let's, let's, here. This has nothing to do. Chip and Eric's over. Oh, <laughs> so, so yeah, you guys can leave. Yeah. See yeah. It. yeah. See it. We're see it. But in the talk. meantime, Chip, if you yeah. were to coach somebody who wants to go from sitting on their couch to running a 5K, and I know that, I know what you would recommend, go to run for God, but like, you're uh, a runner. So like, but like, what would you, what, what advice would you give them, Chip? Just something that they don't know. Step one. Well, you, get off the couch. Okay. I love it. <laughs> Get off the couch and make a plan. There you go. And you make a plan. So if you want to run a 5K, then you got to make a plan to run a 5K. And so what you do is you find uh, the date. Someone taught me this long ago. Uh, buy the ticket Ooh. for the 5K. You buy the ticket. It's real. Mm -hmm. So you buy the ticket. You, that's your registration. And then you got a date. And then now you got to work up to that. And so I would say five days a week is good. Um, don't do seven, two days of rest. You can figure out where those are at. And you just kind of got to work up. 5K is 3.1 miles. So you kind of work up to that. And so maybe do a half mile one day, a mile the next, a half mile, mile, half mile, mile. The next week, same thing. And then you bump it up the third week to a mile, mile and a half, mile, mile and a half. Do that for two weeks. Bump it up the fifth week mile and a half to mile and a half to you just keep bumping up that's awesome so yeah and then um when you really get into it your um your fifth day is your long day and so when you're really comfortable and you get this thing going your long day should really kind of keep going so you have the same kind of you know like i just mentioned uh, rhythm during the week one and a half to whatever that is during that week and then that fifth day is my friday that could be like, okay, you do three on Friday, and then the next week you do four, and you do that for a couple weeks, and then you do five. And that day keeps going up, um, and so you build that base. Yeah, That's and you'll be able to easily do it. Wow. It's so easy. Cool. Mm -hmm. I know it seems random, yeah. but I, it, I, it dawned on me that we have a lot of people who listen that don't know us. Oh, don't know anything about us. Oh, okay. And so that's something I know about you that you love. Yeah. 
And so okay. that was your chance to just share something that you love. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. There you go. It's right there. And it's most good. people probably didn't know that. I didn't know that. Oh, okay. So there you go. Yeah, there's a lot more I could share about that. I'd love to do that. Yeah, well, yeah. that'll be run through so, the Bible. Yeah. The key, the key, Eric, is cons- yeah, right there, is consistency. And I tell this to my kids all the time. I, you know, you can go out and dribble the ball for three miles. But if you do that five days a week, okay, now you're doing something. Yeah, that's true. You know, now you're doing something. You know, that's some true. people go out and they lift weights once and they, they kick their butt and they're sore the next day and they think they've done it. Nah, you got to do that consistently. You got to do it like in moderation. You work up. So, but consistency is the key. Yeah. My music teacher used to tell me, uh, you do it right once, you got lucky. Twice, <laughs> that was a coincidence. There you go. Do it right a third time, now you're getting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, make it what you do every day. Yeah, that's cool. And you know what? That translates to something else. I can't quite put my finger on it. Yeah. But something else. Oh, yeah, Eric. It's definitely, it's the Word of God. Consistency. Oh, yeah, consistency in reading your scriptures. Yeah, it adds up. Yeah, Mm -hmm. absolutely. It's good. Well, I'm proud of these guys. I know you're proud of these guys. I'm very proud. Allison's proud of these guys. Oh, she's extremely proud. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we're grateful. We're grateful. And humbled. And humbled. Okay, you guys got a little bonus episode today of yeah. Running Through the Bible. Run Through the Bible with Chip and Michelle yeah. coming next year. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. <laughs> All right, we got to go, Eric. All right, I goodbye, go. everyone. Bye-bye.